We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Dave Wanstead, Bears head coach for six seasons. The Bears. The Bears. Super Bowl champion. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! He has the greatest mustache you've ever seen. Some say it's a symptom of manliness. Others a cause. The mustache. Money hanging out with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. Open up the door, it's Dave. Who? Dave, D-A-V-E. Dustin, I, we're not going to waste airtime on that, okay? Thank you. Next question. Thank you. Next question. Thank you Next question. Much. Dave Wunstead. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We love talking to Coach Wanstead, and he joins us now as all guests do on the Score Hotline. Brought to you by Circa Resort Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Dave, good morning. How are you? I am doing good, Molly. Excuse me, Molly and David. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, good, uh, good week. A lot of action. Boy, I'll tell you, with this first pick here, uh, the combine, and then it's going to be, you know, free agency. I tell you, it's, it's going to be nonstop. I don't know how you guys feel, but that's uh, that's where we're at this year. Dave, what do you think is the bigger story, the way Will Anderson emerged uh, at the podium and ran fast and came across as a guy that would be worthy of a number one pick, or Jalen Carter and all of the news about him and the way that he may be dropping? Well, I think the biggest news story would be uh, Carter Carter, because uh, Will Anderson really didn't surprise me. I mean, I, I thought that he was a, a top, and whether, David, whether he's the first you know, rated as the highest player in the draft. I don't know, but he's a, he's a top five player. Put it that way, top three, top four player. Uh, that didn't surprise me, how he handled himself, uh, how he worked out on and on. Uh, you just got to decide, you know, is a pass rusher, when you look at, you got to look at the entire draft, okay? And you got to say, well, do we need to take this guy now? Or is there a guy that's somewhat close to him that might be in the middle of the first round or might be at the end of the first round? Or do we have a sleeper pass rusher that we could get in the second round? That's what the decision that the Bears have to make right now. Or if there's now defensive tackle position, you know, that's a whole different ball game because you're not talking about talent or how deep the draft is. You're talking about, is this the guy that you want to take with your first pick, uh, He'll be the the face of this draft class for the Bears organization. And is this a guy that you can depend on to be with you for the next 
five to ten years? That's the question that they need. The Bears need to answer with Carter. Uh, Dave Carter, obviously the the charges are misdemeanors. Uh, the charges are reckless driving and and street racing uh, in connection with the horrible crash that that killed a, a teammate of his and a staff member. Um, if you were talking to him, he came back to the combine. If you were interviewing him, would you want to know? I mean, the the, the these um, these misdemeanor charges. Who knows whether they're they're knocked up or not? But the fact is that he did leave the scene of the accident. He did lie to the police. He did lie to the prosecutors. I mean that that seems more the character issue than than the incident itself, as tragic as it may have been. Yeah, I would totally agree with you. Uh, and, and the two things that the Bears need to answer, number one, we need to be 100% sure that it's just reckless driving, okay? That could happen to, to anybody, okay, at a young kid that age. You, that's what you, you got to be sure that this thing is not going to be something that in May or June he's going to be called into trial and, and it's going to become a, a legal issue. Number one, it's going to affect his playing time, but number two, going to be a big distraction for the Bears. They don't need that right now. So you need to put that aside and feel good about that it's not going to be that. The second thing, what this does is, and you do it with every player, but this sends up a red flag that says, okay, we got to go back. We got to do a thorough, thorough history check on this guy. And let's make sure that everybody makes mistake. It was a one-time incident. He got scared. Uh, he just tried to avoid everything, uh, you know, and, and deal with that, and, and, but make darn sure that there's not a history of any activities, whether it be drinking or any other stuff that reckless drugs. Is there a history or is this a one-year time? Right. That's what they need to determine, those two things. If they feel good about them, that it was a one-time incident, I think the guy will still be drafted in the first round. Uh, whether he's the first pick in a draft, I don't know. That's, that comes down to ownership and, uh, and how they feel about it. And, Dave, doesn't it also come down to the degree of risk you're able to take, whether you're Ryan Poles in your second draft and, and in the t having the number one overall selection versus somebody who is more established, a winning organization, more experienced executive on a team that has a better structure in place. I, the the risk-reward calculus changes depending on where you're drafting because it sounds like you would be more maybe, I don't want to say forgiving, but you might be able to take that risk, but you also might be somebody with a lot more experience you bring to the table. Uh, I, I would be. I would probably be a little bit more forgiving than maybe most because, you know, I, I've coached at places, you know, Miami, Dallas, where we had our share of, of – uh, guys that first-time offenses, people could be offended. Uh, we got to know the kids very well. Uh, they, we trusted them. They came in, and they were professionals, and they did a good job for us. So, uh, you know, I, I've seen both sides of this coin, and I've experienced it. So I may be a little more forgiving if there's no history and if there's no further criminal things that are going to be surprising us here two months down the road. Yeah, you know, there there is still a lot of time left before you have to make a decision on this. And I think that, you know, again, if, if they end up jacking up the charges to, uh, to um, you know, a felony type thing and now you got a real legal issue, I, I just think that 
we've got to kind of wait and see what happens a little bit, Dave. And and um, I I would not at this point take him off my draft board, but I would probably be very cautious about how I would uh, uh, you know incorporate everything depending on what the information is. Yeah, I, I would do that, and I'll add one more point to it. Let's how it may change the Bears' thinking. Obviously, now they're going to be looking down the draft list and say, okay, who, if we don't get him, who would we take as a defensive tackle? Uh, maybe you take the kid from Pitt, you know? Right, you know, right. Can't, I, mean, I mean, he fits into this scheme. I mean, he's a Warren Sapp type of guy, a Russell Maryland type of guy, Aaron Donald type of guy as far as size, quickness, and speed. So maybe they look elsewhere and they figure out where they could get this kid. Uh, or maybe the Bears were thinking, use the free agent money uh, for some offensive lineman or a top-notch receiver. Now this may force their hand a little bit to say, okay, what free agent veteran players are available that play defensive tackle that maybe we should go and address this issue and reverse our thinking? And maybe we drop down and we take an offensive lineman or we take a receiver early. I, I don't know. But but it's definitely going to create a lot of conversations that they that they didn't probably plan on having a month ago. All right, Dave, hold on a second. We got a uh, a ton to get to, and we'll do that next with Coach Wanstead. It's Mully and Haw on the score. Dave Wanstead hanging out with Mully and Haw on six seventy the score. Oh yeah, it's Mully and Haw, and we're talking to Coach Wanstead and. Uh, and Dave, I got to ask you: When you uh, think about all of the interviews you've done at the combine over the years, all of the players you've talked to, all of the um, the limited time that you've spent, did you ever did you ever apply the weight acronym? Um, you know, wasting all of the interview time, which apparently the Bears are doing with their ridiculous putt putt golf slash. Dark throwing. Have you ever heard of anything like that? Is that like, did Belichick invent that? How does that work? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, no, and, and I get what they're saying. They're trying to get the kid to relax. Uh, we, we used to try to get the kid to relax in a conversation and then say, what's, what's your favorite drink of choice in a bar? and catch them off guard, you know, uh, but it was in the middle of questions. No, this is, this is different, but I, you're trying to get them relaxed. You're trying to get the kid to put his guard down so they could probably hopefully see his full personality. No, have we done that? No, because you're on a horn. I mean, if someone stands out in the hallway and literally blows one of those bullhorns and it echoes through the entire facility and you're, you're on the clock. And at 15 minutes, bang, the horn goes again, and you, they're opening doors, and they're moving the kid to the next spot. So, you know, we, we were always kind of pressed with time a little bit. Uh, but everybody's got their own style of doing it, and uh, I'm sure they have their reasons. Dave, though, when you're Ryan Poles and you're Matt Eberflus and you lost 14 games and you do have still a reputation to be concerned about, is something like that, a wise move? Do you worry about the, the the backlash, even though it is kind of in fun and jest? Do you really be the franchise that is made fun of when you're coming off the kind of season the Bears are and giving these guys relative inexperience on their jobs? Well, I can tell you, because I know the guy real well, I can tell you how Belichick's looking at this. 
he doesn't have time to be amused by this. He's looking at it like, okay, every time that they're putting, having a putting contest, that's less time that the Bears are watching tape with this kid or asking him questions or have him on the chalkboard or whatever they're doing. Uh, that means it's less time for them. That's more time for me, you know. So he he's not gonna a guy like Belichick won't say he may get a chuckle out of it, but he he's just looking at okay, good. They spend five minutes throwing darts. That's five minutes less that they're going to be talking about, you know, who who what's your responsibility on this blitz that I'm showing you on the tape right here, you know. So that's how he'll look at. It. I guarantee you that. And, you know, Jimmy used to love to play cards with guys, right? It was gin rummy that he would always – I'm kidding. I, Dave, I just – I find this <laughs> – Boy, insane. I'll tell you what. Molly, you got me there. When you said that, <laughs> I, I just talked to Jimmy two days ago, and I started thinking to myself, wow, <laughs> is my memory gone? You know, <laughs> I've seen – we've done a lot of crazy things, but gin rummy, no. <laughs> Black blackjack at Caesar's Palace, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. So, Dave, uh, besides the obvious purpose of the combine, you're looking at these guys in interviews and putting, and you're seeing how they fast they run and what they bench press. How much of the executive's job is devoted to this week laying the groundwork for free agency? Because let's face it, that is the next big thing on the calendar. We're ten days away from those negotiation periods and you with all the agents in town, with all of the executives in place, how much of that goes on behind the scenes that we don't really talk about because we're so focused on who ran the 40. Oh, 100% you are on point. It, this is, there's meetings going from five in the morning. Uh, I was talking to Mike getting yesterday. He runs pro scout. I, I, and it's, it's the grading system. The blue, the red, you know, his dad started that 44 years ago. And, and we used him at Dallas. We used him at the Bears. We used him at the Dolphins. So I, I know kids pretty well. And, uh, you know, he has meetings with guys starting at 530 in the morning. So between evaluating your players, between uh, evaluating the division and the, comp you know, the, comp the guys you're competing with, uh, you're looking at free agents right now. There's a lot of behind the scenes. You guys are right on point. I mean, we're agents, every agent's down there. Cause at this time too, they have agent meetings going on right. uh, during, during the combine, you know, new rule changes on and on and on. So all the agents are there. They have meetings with, with club executives. Uh, you're talking about college guys, you know, Jimmy's big thing. When we signed Russell Maryland with the first pick, uh, we loved Russell. We knew him. He played for us, you know, at Miami all week. We recruited him, all that stuff. But the big thing was that we – and he was represented by Lee Steinberg. That Jimmy wanted to have the contract done before draft day. He says, you know, it, nobody was really coming after our pick at that time. Okay, we had the first pick in the draft. I think the first quarterback that was taken was like number 16. But even so, you know, there were a lot of great players there, but nobody was just knocking the door down where Jimmy felt it was worth giving up the first pick. We had a need for a defensive tackle. We knew what we were getting in the guy. We trusted him on and on. But the one thing that's, that Jimmy said, we will draft Russell, but we want a contract in hand, you know, not technically in hand, but we want an agreement, a handshake or deal that this contract is done or we're not drafting him because we are not 
going to get into a holdout situation or I'm missing many camps. So that was a factor with Jimmy. And, uh, and we played that. He played that card, I, I know, with Russell Maryland uh, with the first pick of the draft. Dave, when we start talking about, uh, you know, being at the Combine and interviewing guys and everything, you know, you're trying to match up personality with what you see on tape. You're trying to match up traits with what you see on tape. So when a guy runs, obviously you're going to be really interested in him when he runs very well. When a guy uh, when a guy is a great athlete, that's going to attract you and you're going to look at it. But are there certain prototypes that you look for? You know, can you can you take a quarterback, for instance? I know the Bears aren't in the market for one, but if if uh, if Bryce Young isn't tall enough, he's not. Is he got to be big enough? Does he have enough bulk? Does he have to be one ninety? I mean, is there, do you have certain ideas in mind that are baselines for players? Yes, you, you do, but. Bill Parcells was a real stickler about this. I mean, he, and, and I have the chart somewhere, uh, Bill, look it up though. Parcells is, is, is the, the numbers that he, that you needed to fall into for him to even consider you being drafted when he was at the giants and on and on uh, him and George Young put this together. I believe, I mean, he was a stickler in that. He, he believed in that. He stuck with it. What we did at Dallas, we were more flexible because we would take more playmakers. In other words, there was a defensive lineman that the Bears ended up taking that we was high, rated high. And I was talking to Jimmy about this, and we were going back and forth. And I said, let's watch, let's watch some tape. And Jimmy said, you know, I'm not concerned about watching tape on him. Put his numbers up there, Dave. Let's see his production. And this guy made all the measurables, height, size, strength, speed, toughness, everything. Check all the boxes. We put the production up there, and we kind of came to the conclusion that we had guys at the University of Miami every year that had better numbers than this. So why would we think of drafting this guy in the first round? So we passed him because of production. We were more of projection not seeing it one year. Emmett Smith, another reason, guys. Emmett Smith didn't have great speed, right? Was just four five nine, just under four six. Big thing, proje- production, and he did it over an extended period of time. That was big factors in my mind and guys that we drafted. You know those one year wonder guys. You got to at least it's just personal. You, you really got to be sure about that. That can get you a little bit. And uh, and just just going by measurables, height, weight, speed, that can get you also. But Dave, though, this sounds like a dumb question. It, I respect everything you just said, but tell me from a football coach's perspective, from the executive's point of view, why speed is weight heavier than some of the other things that you just mentioned? The whether it's the tape or whether it's the the height, the weight. It seems as if history tells us. What we're watching here with the 40 times, guys climbing up the draft board, running themselves into contention for a, be a first-round pick, why is speed weighed so much heavier than everything else? Well, I, I think because you know, you know, speed is a factor. I mean, we, we used to always say, use this expression, you know what, if we get guys that have a lot of speed and are great athletes, 
they make they can make up for a lot of mistakes. Uh, if a guy's a slow guy and he makes a mistake, he makes a misread, he gets semi blocked, he's going to have a tough time on defense, probably recovering and getting back into play to, to to make something happen. Where if a guy's got a lot of quickness and speed, and I'm putting quickness in there with speed because I think it's just as valuable, maybe more valuable. I think change of direction quickness for a defensive player is more valuable than outright speed. That's my opinion, okay? That's that's my preference. And uh, so if you have a guy with great quickness and speed, he, he can make a mistake and recover and still be a factor. I'm curious when you, you know, not just speed, but they, they have talked quite a bit about um, about trying to figure out, like, arm length and how that – do you you know when you're when you're watching tapes of guys? Do you does it appeal to you when you see wow look at the, you know look at the arm length or I mean what was it I, I believe um, Ryan Poles said violence length tenacity those are the things that the Bears are looking for in defensive linemen. Why is why are other measurables so important with that? I mean I I get it the idea of a short armed guy on the offensive line you can't get your hands out but. But if you're a good player and you've learned how to, what does it matter if it's a 34 or 33 and seven eighths or 33 and a three quarter? I mean, why is that so important to people with arm length? Well, the way offensive line play has gotten now, and with it becoming a passing league, it's all really a matter of who gets their hands on the guy first. <laughs> you, you know, right. in, in other words, if Aaron Donald gets his hands on you guys. You're 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 in trouble, okay. On the other side of the coin, if uh, if Kelsey, the center from from Philadelphia, will use him, if he gets his hands on on you be, before Aaron Donald does, Kelsey's probably going to win that battle. So hand quickness, arm length, it, it is a factor. Is it a determining factor? No. Now you know the kid from Pitt this year, uh, Chancey coming out. Uh, he, he, I guess his arm length, they were telling me, someone told me that his arm length is two inches shorter than Aaron Donald. Uh, but he's a little bit taller. He's got the same speed, the same quickness. His production is j- just as good as Aaron Donald's. So it's going to be real interesting to see how they evaluate him. Do they dock him because his arm length is whatever it was, 30, I think it was, as compared to Aaron Donald's was 32 or whatever but it was about two inches shorter. So that's going to be a one to, to, to watch close. It didn't affect his production. It's like you're saying, Molly, uh, and he's nasty. Trust me, he's nasty. Uh, and he's got all the intangibles. Uh, I, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't affect me. I'm going back to playing over the years, production over years. That's what's going to determine the factor in me. But, Dave, is Cancy lifting weights alone in the back of the Pittsburgh Auditorium <laughs> in a weight room where only he is lifting there and there's only one light on and he is bench pressing like Aaron Donald? Nobody. I hope so. I hope so because he, he's a fellow Pitt guy, but I, I don't know. Yeah, that's tough. We start comparing guys to Aaron Donald and the guy hasn't even been drafted yet. But but he's, he's a guy that uh, he'll make an impact on somebody's team. It's just going to be a matter if you're – willing to draft a guy with that height and arm length and all the things you're talking about. You, you will see that. That's, he's a great example. You're going to go with the measurables of height, arm length. Uh, what's more important to you, that 
or leading the entire country with 14 and a half tackles for loss or whatever the guy had. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, seriously. I mean, that's who drafts him is going to say, I want a guy that's productive. I'm not as concerned about the measurables. You know, I, I think, like, it's fascinating to me. So, Jalen Carter, he was six foot three, three fourteen, ten and a quarter hands, 33 and a half arm length. And then you look at Brian Breesey. He's six five and a and uh, and and four eighths or whatever. Three hundred and uh, excuse me, two hundred ninety eight pounds. Same hand size, same arm length as Carter. I mean, Breesey had a good career. Carter's considered the better player. Is it just is that all down to picking guys up and throwing them around on the defensive line? What? Why is one guy? Uh, you know, a, a top five pick and the other guy a top 20 pick. Yeah, it, it would be a lot would have to do maybe with coachability. It could have something to do with character. Yeah. And and it could have something to do with when he's played against big competition. How how has he played? I, I haven't studied the tape on Bridge, so I can't say what type of player he was. You know, I, I saw Carter. I mean, I saw Carter's highlight tape, guys. And we all watched the playoff games, okay? I'm watching those highlights two days ago against Tennessee and some and some really good players, and he's throwing them around like ragdolls. Yeah. And then I'm watching him in the TCU game, and he's putting his hand up saying, I need a rest after about four plays. And I was I came out of that playoff game disappointed. I really was disappointed in his production. I don't know if the guy had made five plays in the whole game. So, you know um, – these are the things that will separate players. So, Maybe, so Dave, if you, know. if you if you go into an interview with him, do you have that tape on? Do you say, hey, what happened oh, here? Why are you raising a- your hand here? Absolutely. In the interview process, three things happen, guys. Some people, I guess, you know, play golf and darts and ask questions. Some people, and I've done all, I didn't do the dart thing, but I, I've been in interviews where it's nothing but 15 minutes of questions. I've been in where it's nothing but the guy on the blackboard. We got to find out about this guy's intelligence for football. Put him on the board. I want to know what this team's best blitz was. Make him draw it up. I want to know what stunts they called with him. I, you know, I, I want to know what his favorite run play was. I want him to be able to draw a running play as an offensive lineman or a running back, whatever it might be. Okay. And then the third category is, which was my favorite, we kind of evolved to this, half about four or five good plays, four or five bad plays during his year, put him on and let him talk. If I see, and I ask him what happened on this play. And he says, the coach got the call in late from the sideline or boy, the middle linebacker coach didn't do a very good job of getting me the call. Wow. That is a red flag. He's blaming somebody else for his poor performance. So I, and, and then on the other side, you put the good play on what happened here. You love hearing those guys saying, well, we had great coverage and it gave me extra time to get to the quarterback. That's why I got the sack. So I love the good, bad tape where you can hear the player describe why something happened bad or something happened good. I think that really, I mean, we, we've been turned off on players just because of what I said. Yeah. A guy, remember, a, a defensive back got beat for a touchdown and he said, well, you know, generally we don't have to cover the guys that long. I mean, come on. You know, what are you talking about? I mean, that's all I needed to hear, and let's move on from him. Dave, so we have heard from every general manager at the Combine. You hear from every head coach at the Combine. How much of what they say, do they go into those sessions actively deceiving 
the the audience and knowing that what they say won't necessarily be true or maybe in some cases with certain executives they say things to intentionally mislead people from what their intentions might be chris ballard comes to mind saying that you know what you could stay at four and not have to go up to a quarterback other people probably have different agendas but how common is that is that just accepted oh yeah it is and and you got to assume that everybody's everybody's got a, a motive <clears throat> behind everything that they say at this point. I mean, the, you know, there should be one voice, one voice from here on out. I mean, it should be Ryan Poles is the only guy that really should be talking about what they're going to do in the draft, up, down, trade, free agency, because the minute you've got a lot of people talking, it, 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 it does get cloudy and stuff's going to leak out. So there's got to be one voice right now. It's got to be Ryan Poles. And uh, and he'll he'll be saying that. I mean, I I can see. I mean, the indie guy. Why not say that? You know, and he's halfway true. I was on a call two days ago with this study, and we were talking about quarterbacks. <laughs> and when the meeting was over, somebody was evaluating C.J. Stroud, and by the end of the evaluation in the film I watched, guess what, guys? I would. He had us all convinced. I'd have taken. I take C.J. Stroud from Ohio State with the first pick and be very happy. Honest <laughs> to God. And, and, and from what this, the guys were saying, and they, and they were quarterback guys, and the film that we watched, this guy made all the throws. He avoided the rush. He slid in the pocket. He's got athleticism to scramble. He comes from a high, high program. His ears in the country. You like him, take him. I mean, so there, I can see where Ballard would say that, and he might be telling the truth. <laughs> Dave, we'll let you go. Just, you know, one final question for me. I'm just curious, when you are – interviewing someone that has sort of a character issue. Let's say you're talking to Jalen Carter after he returns from the arrest. Um, how much time do you spend on that? How much time do you want to make sure he's got his story straight and it, it jibes with his explanation of why he changed it? I, I'm just curious, how honest are these guys and how much – how much information you obviously look into the, the you're interviewing tons of people. You have a ton of information about a guy when you go to interview him. How much is that um, important? And everybody says you want someone who loves football. How do you what question could that possibly? Hey, do you love football? I mean, how do you know? Yeah, I'll tell you how you know. You, you find out what the guy's offseason habits were. Uh, you find out what he did in season. You know, did, was he a guy that missed his weekly lifts? If he got banged up, was he a guy that got treatments? Did he miss practices? Uh, you know, all those things kind of go into the whole equation of how committed this guy is. And is football, the you know, one of the most important things in his life. But I'll tell you what, as far as the character things, I did a lot the last – didn't do it this year because of the Naples situation, but the last five years with Cliff Brady, who's an agent, you know, represent some bear players, Fabian Bones, Brian Cox. Cliff is a Chicago guy. And I did a lot of work in Naples, Florida with Chris, with Cliff's guys that he was going to be sending to the combine. And the one thing that I told these players, and these were college guys going to the combine, just like we're talking today. And I would say every question that they ask you, you better assume that they have the answers. And they already know. So if you sit down with, with Carter and you're – he better be answering the truth. He better be telling you the truth because if you're asking a question and you don't know, then your club didn't do a very good job. But I guarantee you they're all over this situation and they have the information in front of them and they just want to see 
if he is telling the truth and if he is being upfront about everything. So that was the advice I used to give these college prospects. You go into that room at the combine, assume if they ask you if you've ever smoked dope or if they ask you if you drink or if they ask you if you ever had a, a, a moving violation in a car, you better be truthful because they already know the answer. Dave, you're the best. Thank you so much, Coach. Thanks, Dave. Okay, guys. That is Coach Wanstead. That's really good stuff. That's why I don't understand how the Carolina Panthers could have come out of their meeting on Tuesday night with Jalen Carter not knowing this was coming, him not telling them this was coming. And if he doesn't tell you this was coming, that says a lot about what he didn't say. That's just a great point. It's a great point. And, and I mean, I'd like to get an answer as to why he lied to them by sin of omission. 312-644-6767, really enjoying that. We're going to talk to our guy, Mike Palm. We're going to break down uh, all sorts of different things, including uh, tonight's Bulls game, what am I being told? Uh, we're going to talk about the NCAA tournament. There's some exciting stuff going on at, uh, at Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas with the world's largest sports book, Mullion Home Score. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.